0: Today is Saturday, February 3rd, 2018. This is a special conference in Spokane, Washington, with Ricky Acosta. This morning, the emphasis of the meeting will be on the young ones around the ages of 12 and up. Hi. 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 And I was wondering this morning about what, like, what did they tell you about this morning? Like, what, what what, did did anybody in your church, any of the brothers, the serving ones, w- like, how did they describe what we were going to do this morning? You don't have to tell me. I'm not going to ask you one. I might ask you one by one. Hi. What's your name? Huh? Camille? My name's Ricky. Hi. What's your name? Adeline. I have a daughter named Emmeline. That's going to help me remember your name. Adeline. Camille and Adeline. I'm going to see if I can get the whole row. Let's see. Hi. What's your name? Emma. Emma! I have a daughter named Emmeline, so that may help. Help me. Emma. Yeah. So that's Camille, Adeline, and Emma. Wow. If you had, would reverse seats, It'd be easier for me to remember. Why don't you... No, no, it's okay. You can sit in. Hi, what's your name? Abby. Abby. Yeah, it doesn't help at all. There's no help. Abby. But she's Adeline, and you're Abby. So that might help. She is... She, I was pointing to her. You said you weren't going to speak in this meeting. So be quiet. Yeah you all know Willie you all know Willie right yeah you done okay this is Camille this is this is Adeline this is Emma this is Abby you, do you know Willie oh you don't know Willie that's Willie Willie this is Abby okay Hi, what's your name? Sonda, S-O-N-D-A, S-A-N-D-A, Annie. And you say Sonda? I would say Sanda, but that would be wrong. Sonda, Sonda. Do you know Willie? Oh, you don't Willie. Okay. Amen. So, Camille, Adeline, I don't know what they told you. There's a there's a special meeting. And then there's like, like, a, what is it? Recreation in the afternoon. I wonder how many of you are here for that. Like, you couldn't go to that unless you came here. I know how it works, because we do some of the same stuff. Yeah. But I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. So, I don't know what they... What, did they tell you? It's a meeting. Just a meeting. Did they tell you who was going to speak? They told you. Oh, they told you. They didn't tell you. They didn't bother but it didn't mean anything to them either because they didn't—they don't know me. You don't know me from right, right? So it doesn't really. Oh, yeah. Do you know Willie? You know of Willie? She knows of Willie. Oh, okay. Anyways, anyways. So, yeah. So anyway, then I first I was thinking, why? What did they tell? What the? Hey, what's your name? Hi, Benjamin. And what's your name? Me? Yeah, you. Biru. Huh? Biru? Biru? Yeah. Spell that for me. b i r o Oh, Biru. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what's your name? Samuel. 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 Yeah, so I was wondering. I don't, I don't know what they told you. And then I was thinking, what am I doing here? I'm going to speak to these young people, and they don't know me. I know some of your parents. And even not all, but actually, we met most of them last night. Some of, some of the parents I've known for a little bit. Oh, by the way, how many of you have been to Whidbey Island? Whidbey Island. Old and young alike. Whidbey Island. Yeah. Whidbey Island. Yeah. I've been to Whidbey Island. Oh my. I probably went to Whidbey Island uh about 16 17 times yeah back in between 1990 and 1998 that was the last time 20 years ago last time that I that I that I went there i i used to i used to share my in almost all the high school conferences here in the in in this in this area so down from you know, Oregon Washington state Western Canada, even though all the way to Calgary, they sometimes would come. Idaho, Idaho, yeah. So I'm not unfamiliar with the area, but 20 years is 20 years. That means I don't know you at all, <laughs> and you have no idea who this is, and you have no idea why they asked this person to come and talk to you. And I told the brothers, oh, my you want to do that on Saturday morning? Oh, that's going to be the hardest, the most difficult meeting of the whole weekend. Yeah. I was somewhat dreading coming to talk to you all. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just be honest with you. Yeah. Because this is, this, this is a hard audience. This is a hard audience. Well, when you talk to the older saints, they all say, amen. When we talk to the young people, some sit there. I know because, because I was there. I've been coming to meetings since, you know, 11, 12, you know. So, so I kind of understand the way the whole thing works. So, so I thought, oh, my goodness, what, what should I tell them? So, so I thought, anyway, I was praying about, I was praying for you all. Even though I didn't know you, I was praying for you. And I was thinking, maybe the best thing to do is give you a little testimony. Give you my testimony and And by giving you my testimony or part of my testimony um, of of my experience with the Lord and with the church life, um, I could relate to you some of the important things that I feel helped me or that I learned, especially in my teenage years and I know we have some who are in their late teens or, or in their in their twenties here, but those things that I learned. And experienced became a kind of foundation for me for my whole life. And, and I also discovered that it's a very, very special thing to know the Lord when you're young. It's a very, very special thing. And, um, and, you know, we have brothers and sisters who come to Christ who get saved a little later and, and who get even into their adult life. For example, my own father, and I might tell you something about him later. My father got saved when he was 69 years old. 69 years old. He's 99 now. Yeah, almost 99. In July he'll turn he'll turn 99. And uh so the Lord gave him extra years. Extra years to to live because he really he really really wasted most of his life in the world. And even in some bad, damaging, damaging things. But the Lord gave him extra time. That's really special. But that made me realize, oh, Lord, you bless me so much. Because because I started my walk with the Lord very young. And even I I was born into a household. And although he was not saved, my mother was a Christian. And my big sister. And she's going to be key in the whole story. My sister. Big sisters are great. How many of you have big sisters? Big sisters are great. How many of you are big sisters? Oh, you are big. Okay. Are you the youngest in your family? No? You have little brothers? Sisters? Little. So you're a big sister. You have little brothers and sisters? No, little sisters. You have little sisters. Yeah. So you're a big sister too. So that's why I say big sisters are great. They're great. So um, anyway, um, like I said, I, I, I felt, feel, that I'm very blessed because I was born into a home where someone knew Christ. Yeah. Sometimes... I found that there are young people in the same situation or have both parents saved and even though they are blessed, they don't feel that blessed. They feel like, why did I have to be born into a Christian family? I don't know if you ever felt that way, but I know, I know young people that, that at one time in their life felt like, oh, what a suffering that I was born into a Christian home. It was kind of backwards, but that's how they felt. That's how they felt. But I, almost everyone, almost everyone that I know that felt that way, they changed later. And they realized, oh, yeah, that was, it really was a blessing. It really was a blessing. So, um, anyway, my family, my family is from uh, the island of Puerto Rico. Properly said, Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Do you, do you know this island? How many of you have heard of this place? Yeah. It's in the news. It's been in the news. I don't know if you've seen this. Because in September of last year, two hurricanes. And one hurricane, Irma, um, skirted the island. Maybe 60, 90 miles north of the island. But that's enough to cause damage, especially to the northern coast. It's not this island is. How big is Washington State? How many miles? 300. 300? <laughs> How about this way? 150. 150. Okay. Puerto Rico is 100 by 30. Okay, 100 by 30. So it's this little island. This little island. And, and south of Florida, you, when you look at the, when you look at the map, you see these islands. And there's a bigger one. That's Cuba. And then there's a next one. That's Hispaniola. Which has, uh, on one side Haiti and the other side Dominican Republic. The third one, that's us. Yeah. And then they get smaller, 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 smaller. And they're called the Greater Antilles and the Lesser Antilles. And, and it makes a kind of a curve all the way down to Venezuela. Right? And the east, eastern coast of, of uh, South America. You know, they're all mountaintops. Those islands are actually all uh, mountain mountain tops, right? So um, anyway, that happened Irma, and then they caused damage. Power goes out, part of the island, this and that, and then as they're recovering, a second hurricane, Maria, and the eye of the hurricane went right through the center of the island, and devastated the whole place, just the whole place, even till today. Even till today, about 50% still don't have electricity. No internet. And no TV for four months. Can you imagine living in such a backward place? But they, they live on generators. They're living on generators. Anyway, that's, that's where my family's from. And four years before I was born... Uh, my family immigrated to the United States, to New York, to New York City. And because because a special thing about Puerto Rico is that it belongs to the United States, so everyone born there is a citizen. So so uh, my dad, he used to be a <laughs> he used to be a baseball player, baseball player, semi-pro baseball player. Brother Willie knows my dad, semi-pro baseball player. But <laughs> in those days. Uh, you could earn more money as a carpenter than as a ball player. Oh, if he were doing that today, it would be a little different. And w- we'd have a little more money. But but he, he earned more money as a carpenter, so he gave up sports to go into carpentry. Then he found out you could earn more money as a carpenter in New York City than in Puerto Rico. So he went there seeking the American dream. You've read about that. American dream yeah so that's my immigrant family and my dad went there the next day he found a job that actually he retired with yeah and 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 then he got an apartment sent for my mom and my siblings my my brother brother sister and who were who were 14 12 and 10 years older than me yeah so my closest sibling is 10 years old my sister my one sister Amen for sisters. Sisters. Big sisters are great. And so, anyway, then, then, uh, listen, within two weeks, I'll probably say more about this tonight to the, to the parents. Within two weeks of, of moving there, when my, when my mom came, so my, my, my siblings were, were six, eight, and ten. Within two weeks, on the second Saturday, that they were there in the Lower East Side in this little apartment in Manhattan. There was a knock on the door. And my mom opens the door and there's this woman there, says, hi, welcome to the neighborhood. And said, I teach the Bible to children. Do you have any children that you'd like to send? And, and actually, that woman, it, what do we call that? It was a rhetor- rhetorical, rhetor- that you know the answer already? Yeah, it was a rhetorical question. Because she knew there were children in there. That's why she knocked on that door. Because she was like in the neighborhood. She really had a heart for children. So she would check when people move in. So like she would go after those families. And so, and so she, she asked my mom. And my mom called herself a Christian but wasn't. She was what we say a nominal Christian. Christian in name only. But she was religious but she really was not a believer. She hadn't received Christ. So, so she said, Oh, sh- yeah, sure. She sent the children. Sent the children. With a stranger. In New York City. In 1954. And after she sent them, then she got anxious. Like she wasn't thinking. Because the lady seemed so wholesome. She said she loves the Bible and she loves children. What could go wrong? So she sent them. Then she got anxious about it. But, thank the Lord, an hour later they came home. All, you know, fine. And my my sister, my big sister, who was six years old, she loved it. So they wanted to go back. So the second week, she uh, sent them again. This time, I don't know why she did this. I don't know why she just didn't go with them. But she sent them again. And then when the people left, when the lady left... Then she snuck out the door and followed them and then she it was in the in the neighborhood in the neighborhood, and then she went this a store and then next to the store stairs and she went up and she goes into this room. The room was probably yeah yeah, it was nearly this size, maybe a quarter of this of this space here, maybe from the door to to maybe the third window there. you know what she found in there? Two women with thirty-five children, and they were teaching children's meeting, neighborhood, what we call neighborhood children's meeting, neighborhood children's meeting, and they didn't have they didn't have song sheets, they didn't have projectors. They they just the two ladies, and they sing to the children, and they teach the children songs, and the children would sing, and they loved it and and that's how my family met Christ through through those two women we owe everything to those two sisters and so they were in their mid 30s so they 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 carried this out so my mom she joined herself to these two sisters and became their helper within 6 months my sister got saved first actually had a Billy Graham crusade do you all know Billy Graham he was a real famous preacher in the in the in the 20th century, he's older now. He's still still alive, but his son has taken his ministry. Um, and and at a, at a at a if I had the time, I'd tell you this on another occasion. The gospel that they preached to my sister, very interesting, how they preached to children. It was very special. And and anyway, my sister got saved. My mom got saved. My brothers probably got saved. Didn't follow the Lord too much, and then. We shared with them later and they started coming to meetings and so on. And anyway, then I was born after, after all that. So we were part of this denomination. Th- these two sisters were, were part of a brethren denomination. This group called the Brethren. Yeah. Who really were the Lord's recovery at one time, like a hundred years before. They were the Lord's recovery. And so, and so that's the, that's where, where I was born. Although, by the way, just to let the sisters know, that denominational meeting did not sponsor those sisters. Out of their own pocket and burden, they rented that little room every Saturday afternoon. That wasn't a church event. That was the burden of those two dear, dear sisters. For, to whom, my entire family is eternally grateful. And, and actually now, five generations uh, well, in my family now, from my father, 99, he has seen his fifth generation. There are three children. They're not old enough yet. But four generations of salvation. And, and we all owe everything to the two sisters. When those two sisters go to the Lord, when the Lord comes back, my whole family, and everyone that I have ever brought to the Lord, we all can go there and say we're her fruit. Were her fruit, and that's just one. That's one. That's the one six-year-old girl. That's what came from one six-year-old girl. There were thirty-five or forty kids there, so I don't know how much fruit those two sisters actually have. So, anyway, so I was going there, and uh, as a child, that, that we we you call it children's meeting, we would call it Sunday school. So I was going there, and then one one day, one day. I was uh, when I was seven. Yes, I was actually seven one time. I was seven, and it was uh, it was in July, and I can tell you actually this was Friday the thirteenth, <laughs> Friday the thirteenth, nineteen sixty five, in J- July nineteen sixty five. I was I was watching, I was it was about eight o'clock, and I was watching my favorite show. And I'm not going to tell you what it was, but it was my favorite show. And, and, and then at 8.15, you know what happens, right, Buffett, commercial. So, so we were in a small apartment. So our living room was our dining room, right? So there was like two love seats there, TV there, and the dining table here. So I went to get a snack. And I, when I, I went to get my snack. My sister was sitting at the table. She was almost 17. She was still 16. And she was getting ready. She was a, she was a children's meeting teacher at 16. At 16. And she taught a class to, to uh, eight-year-old girls. And so she was preparing for her class. And she had these cutouts. I don't know if you have these now. The older saints would know. Flannel graph? Do you know flannel graph? Adeline, do you know what flannel graph is? Yeah, I didn't think so. It's the Velcro concept. The sticky thing. So you have like a, like a a, 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 what is it, a scene, scenery on a cloth. You put it up and then you take something and stick and it sticks. But not permanently. You know, you can take it off and put it different, that kind of thing. So, so she had this, uh, this thing there. And so she started practicing her lesson on me. I never made it to my snack. And I never saw the end of my show. And that night I got saved. And I was seven. So she was, she was, uh, she was telling the story, I had not heard the story before, probably you have, of a man who had a hundred sheep. Does that make sense? Yeah? Yeah, Okay. Some heads go like that. Man had a hundred sheep. And and it says he lost one, and so he left the ninety nine and so she had she had these cut out thing and I remember I was seven i don't know today this would fly today you need like powerPoint, <laughs> you know you need like a movie to interest the kids, you know, so you know so this was' nineteen sixty five and I was seven okay so anyway, and she had this thing there's the hundred sheep. No, no, 99. And then there was a sheep by itself. So, you know, yeah. Today it needs to be a movie. Right, you know what I mean? Animated. But anyway, she, you know. And then the shepherd goes after, you know. And then finds the sheep. And then doesn't like, bad sheep, doesn't do that. You know what he did? He took the sheep and he put it, On his arms and carried it home and rejoiced and threw a party. Just, he threw a party just because he found a sheep. That was the story. And so she said, she said to me, she said, Do you know who the lost sheep is? I said, No. She goes, It's you. I said, Me? She says, Yeah, it's you. And do you know when That little picture of holding the sheep on his arms, that's what Jesus was doing on the cross. Holding you, actually holding all of us when he suffered for our sin. Well, that statement, I don't know how, but it became significant to me. And just something happened in my little heart and I just started loving the Lord. And so, so she said. Uh, th- then, then she took them all off, all those things, and she replaced it with, with. Like that, there was one, and 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 it had a door. And actually, you flip it open, and there's a little man inside. There's a little man inside, so. So she used this she was borrowing this verse there 's a verse, revelation three20 It says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him, and he with me." So she asked me, "Would you like to open your heart to Jesus and let him into your heart?" I was like, yeah." <laughs> And so she said, come. So we walked back to her room. Because by that time, my brothers were out of the house. So this was my parents' room, her room, my room. So we went to her room, and she knelt down. She kneeled down here. She was 16. And I knelt next to her, and she told me to pray. Sentence by sentence. And I prayed, and I received the Lord. I, I remember this as if it happened last night. That was the most significant day of my whole life, and that was that was <laughs> that was what uh, 52 years ago. And you know what about my childhood? I, I was happy, lots of things, but I don't remember details like that. That I remember everything, and the Lord came into my heart so she's she says oh let's go tell mom so we go tell mom we go to the kitchen and 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 she goes tell 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 him what happened tell him what happened i said mommy um, i just got saved and my mom you could imagine she goes, oh, hi. and so and and so everybody's hugging and they they and then the two of them are hugging and i'm in the middle you know it's kind of group hug ah, and and so you know i mean i was what we what's the word we use is touched. Do we say that? I was touched. Yeah. So I was touched by the Lord, but I wasn't like, you know, emotional or anything like that. But she's crying. My sister starts crying. So I started crying. (laughs) So we're we're all there crying. "Oh, Oh, I'm saved. I'm saved. Yeah. So that was Friday, July 13th, 1965. So do you know what? Then for five years, I don't remember a thing. Nothing. Nothing. No experience of the Lord. Nothing. I just went to church. I don't remember anything. Until my baptism. I remember when I got baptized. And I was baptized just after my birthday, which falls in May. So I was baptized and that was very real to me. It was not, it was not coerced. It was not because of my mom or my sister. I wanted to show my love for the Lord and I I wanted to get baptized. So I had just turned 12 and I got baptized. And that day, my sister, my sister gave me a Bible, a, a, a gift, as a gift, in a, in a, you know, box. New, brand new, my first ever brand new Bible. When I got saved, my mom gave me a Bible, but it was like her extra Bible. I never grew an affinity to that Bible. Right. But this is my Bible. This is my new Bible. And then she did an inscription. She she wrote something. And, and she wrote there. She wrote out Psalm 119, verses 9 to 11. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to your word. And then 11 is, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you and she signed it. I treasured that Bible. I still have that Bible. It's in my study at home. I don't use it that much because it's kind of old and worn. But that that was that Bible. That Bible changed my life. That Bible changed my life. That Bible, I could I could say became my best friend. That Bible. Because when I read that Bible, it's like he's right there, was right there I wasn't in the church life yet, I didn't know about exercise your spirit and call on the Lord and pray reading but I knew that when I opened this Bible the Lord was with me I, I, I found that out so I started, I, I don't know how exactly whether it was through my sister, was it through the Christians that I was with? Because this group of Christians in the denomination, oh, they love the Lord so much. I was with a group of young people. We're very active in the community, very active. We were preaching the gospel. And I I was like the tag along. I was the tag along. And and they would share the gospel. like They'd go to street corners in New York City and just start preaching the gospel. And and, and in, in neighborhoods that you dare not walk. But, but they'd go there. So, you know, I just went there and I knew the Lord would protect us. And we preached and people were getting saved. And people would come like, like that little group was, was like a, like a lighthouse, like a beacon for the whole neighborhood. I don't know if you, any of you have ever heard of Williamsburg, Brooklyn. That's where we were. Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Right next to Bedford, Stuyvesant. Some rough areas back in the 60s, 70s and so on. But that's where we were, that's where we were, and people were getting saved, young people, and so that's I was brought into that. So with that environment, I, I, I tell you, I just love this book. I just love this book. I hope you love your Bible. I hope you, you know, I have I have the Bible here. I have an electronic version. I also have it on my phone. My phone's in there, and it's good to have that. But I do hope that you have a Bible. You know, paper, paper, paper. (laughs) And I hope you love your Bible. It's different. It's still different to me. I know this generation, I know. It's a different generation. But this is the same book. And this has served countless generations. I hope, I hope you would love your Bible. And I hope you would find Christ the way I find Christ. And especially during those days. I, I just love to read psalms. I read the psalms. And the psalms oh have you read psalms? Have you read, I hope you would you would read the psalms very interesting very interesting couple of things especially two if you just look if you open nearly any page in psalms and you just look at the page you'll find a lot of this a lot of this this word <laughs> oh God, right here, oh God, oh Lord, oh Jehovah, a lot of, oh, wow, and that, that show and, and most of the Psalms were in by David, so I knew a little bit about David's story, and he was the youngest of eight, I was the youngest of four. And he was somewhat, like, put aside. That even, for, even his dad somewhat didn't even count them. Sa- Samuel comes to anoint, and, and it's going to be one of the sons of Jesse. Jesse, right? The sons of Jesse. And he goes, oh, these are my sons. And nope, 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 nope. Nope, nope. Nope. Isn't there one more? And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's another son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. And and I felt that way. I felt that way in my family. There was the three. And then what's his name? The, you know, that, that's how I felt. And so and so in this word, oh, I tell you, something from your inside gets released. There's a, when, when, when you're suppressed, depressed, sad. Oh, Lord. Oh, I tell you. It, two things happen. Something from inside you, it gets unloaded and it makes room for the Lord to fill you. I learned that before learning about calling on the Lord. And then the other thing I learned is that you read some of these psalms and David says, Oh God, avenge me of my enemies. And I thought, I like that. I like that. Oh God, destroy this one and that one. Oh God. And like, like whatever he felt, he said it. And older saints, I've read the life studies. I know, I know, I know. I know what Brother Lee says about the sentiments of the natural man. I know all that. Yeah. I I, I preach that too. But I'm telling you what I learned when I was 12, 13, 14. You know what I learned? I learned you could tell God anything. You could tell him how you feel. You could tell him exactly how you feel about anything and everything. And he never turns away from you. And he never rejects you. And he never judges you for feeling that way. I learned that just by reading Psalms. So, I, I'd like us, I, I'd like, what, what I learned is actually in a hymn. It's summarized in a hymn. I'd like us to sing that that hymn now. It's number 788 in the hymn book. I realize we don't have all the hymn books. Maybe for this, we just use the piano. No guitars. No, no guitars for this one. We just use the piano. So I realize not even all the young people have, but saints who have the hymn book, could you maybe share that with some of the young people? Yeah, 788. 788. Yeah. And we're going to use the tune. Uh this is not the tune, the original tune there. We'll use the tune of hymn four thirty seven, I think it is, right? Four thirty seven. Yeah. yeah. This this hymn is about telling Jesus all. Telling Jesus all. See, first time. Okay. I hope you enjoy. You can tell him all. Good days, bad days, boring days, serving days, nothing days. Whatever happens. You can tell him. And you can tell him exactly your inner feeling. Exactly your inner feeling. It's good to have companions. I was going to talk about that in a little bit. It's good to have companions. Like your own age. It's good to have older ones that you can talk to. I was blessed that way. But the first thing is tell Jesus all. Tell Jesus all. So I hope, I hope those two things could help you. Tell him everything and be genuine. And every now and then, oh, oh, Lord. David would pray this way. Oh, Lord, I'm alone. All have turned away. Actually, you're really never that way. But you feel that way. And you can tell the Lord, Lord, it feels like everyone's turned away. You can even say, Oh, Lord, my parents don't understand me. That might not be true. But that's how you feel. And if you feel that way, then you can owe that. Oh Lord. So I learned that. Okay, so anyway, that was when I got baptized and, and then the Bible. Then something very significant happened at the end of that same year. That, the, the, this, was, this was now actually 1970. And uh, in December of that year, something very significant happened. Excuse me. Remember, I was not in the local church yet, I was in this denomination. And uh, and they they used to do they used to do Christmas place, yeah. We we don't do that kind of stuff. But anyway, they used to do Christmas place, and and um, I got involved. I got involved. The reason I got involved was because I wanted my dad to get saved. I wanted my dad to get saved. And so when I was in school, school, you know, I I would if I was in a play. Or I was in the orchestra or something, and I had a performance, he always would come. So I figured, oh, if I join the Christmas play, because they put on the Christmas play to preach the gospel, to tell people, like, the true meaning of Christmas, you know. And so, which is not really, because Christmas is not in the Bible. You already know that. But, but anyway, that's what we did. And so I, I thought, oh, if I take part in this play, my dad will come and he'll hear the gospel and he might get saved so i so i joined the the, uh, the christmas play and and uh, it was it was the night before the real thing which we call dress rehearsal it was dress rehearsal and so <clears throat> and so uh, i was not i didn't have like a big part and i was 12 uh, 12 and a half and so i didn't have a big part but i had a part at the very end at the very end. And, and so, I was preparing to come on for the last time. And so if, we, in, in this church group where we are at the chapel, had a stage. And then had a, you know, curtains on both sides. So I was over here. This is not being videotaped, right? So, I could move. I don't think so. Okay, so I can move. Yes. It doesn't matter. Yes. Okay, so, so I was here behind the curtain. I was waiting to, and, and I was alone. The reason I was alone, because it was dress rehearsal. It wasn't the real thing. And so, and so everybody finished their parts. And when they're done changing and all that, for the last time, they went and sat in the empty pews to watch the final part. And the final part of the play was like, you know, the punchline. It was where we preached the gospel the last few minutes. And it was a guy and a girl, and these were all teenagers. these were all teenagers doing this performance. So this girl was actually had the main role, and she's sharing with her, I think, cousin or brother uh, what is the real meaning of you know, Christmas, which is, Jesus was born to die for us. That was the message. Jesus came to this earth. And his whole mission was he wanted to die for our sins. Okay, So she's explained, you know, the two of them are talking. You know, they're kind of like, you know, talking like this. Yeah, And I'm over there. And you know what happened? This 12-year-old boy is here. And that message, I don't, it's hard to describe. But whatever she was saying, it was like the Lord just came. And visited me. And the whole thing was, and the Lord spoke to me there, I died for you. I died for you. That night, behind that curtain, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. For my whole life. And I said, Lord, Lord, I want to serve you my whole life. I want to serve you my whole life. I didn't have the word that we use now in our messages, consecration. I didn't, I didn't know this word. But we used to use the word dedicate. So I told the Lord that night, Lord, I dedicate my whole life to you. I dedicate my whole life to you. And from that day till today, I haven't been a straight line. It's been kind of, there's things I would never talk about. But for the most part, the Lord preserved me and kept me. I think it has a lot to do With that prayer that night. So I know that it's not too much for a 12 year old kid to give their life to Christ and for the Lord to be real to you at this age. And somewhat that night, I gave myself to always help young people have that experience. And I hope, I hope all of you, sooner or later, you would be able to testify. The Lord is that personal to you. He died for you. You know, I, in that, in that church, church group that I was with, they preached the gospel a lot. And so I learned there a lot about, about Jesus suffering on the cross. And then later I came to the Lord's recovery to the local church, actually in Los Angeles, when I was 14. And s- since then, I realized mm, in the church we don't talk as much about the Lord's suffering as we used to. And that sometimes in the church, oh, we know about exercise our spirit. We know about God's purpose and God's economy and you know a lot of things. But it seems like sometimes the young people's love for the Lord gets cold. And I, that I would wonder, how come? And I wonder whether it's because we didn't tell you enough about what the Lord suffered on the cross. You know, actually, for the older saints, this was a point in this last. Brother Minoru Chen gave part of a message about this. The same concern that I'm just expressing to you now. And I wonder, I wonder, young people, I wonder you, do you know, do you know how much the Lord suffered for you? Do do you know? Have you thought about it? Have you read about it? And when you read, did it mean something to you? You know, we have a song. It's number 300. 300 in the book. In the hymnal. You don't have to open to it. But it says, uh, Arise, my soul, arise. Shake off thy guilt. Like this. And then I think it's verse 3 says, Five bleeding wounds he bears five, five wounds what What are the five wounds can you name them you could probably name them right what are the five wounds, tell me yeah stand up, stand up right exactly, did you get that two of the hands two on his feet and then one on his side and you know the hands is not the hands right You know it's probably here, right? Yeah. yeah. Even though it says hands. But the Roman way of crucifixion, we know from history, the nail most likely not here, like in pictures, when when he shows the hands, you know, paintings. Most likely it was right here. And the reason is because you have to hang on the cross. If you're hanging from here, actually the gravity works against you And you would just tear this right here and fall off. So, probably, this is true, they, they did here. You know, we have a hymn, 101, in the early 100s, that says that the gravity created by him was what killed him. Very interesting. Because when you're on the cross, actually, it's the hours up there that... The, the gravity pulling you down and the weight of your torso, your rib cage pressing on your lungs. That's what kills you. You suffocate. So, probably the nails were here and here. And then, have you ever thought about the feet, you know, always, and it's, I think that part is correct. They cross the feet. And one nail through both. But, you, you know your own foot. How much force does it take to drive a nail through the bone and then both? Have you thought about that? That the the Lord was, you know, probably laying down. They lie them down. They tie them. And then they stretch out the hand. And then... It's not one, boom, done. Of course not even even here how many times but then the feet how many times i think the strongest brother here i don't know how long it would take you to how many to drive that through and it says five bleeding wounds he bears received on calvary that's on calvary that's that's at the end. But he didn't start bleeding there. He started bleeding hours before in the garden of Gethsemane. Even he was so anxious. You know, we get anxious over things. But I've never been anxious like that, that the anxiety makes blood come out. But he he, he had sweat drops of blood. And then Judas comes. So, yuck. One of his disciples. It's like being betrayed by a friend. And kisses him. And then they take him away. And then they dis- disrobe him. And then the on the back. And you know, those... According to history, does not, this is not from the Bible, but according to history, the whipping in those days was with, with what's called the cat of nine tails. You may, you may know this. The cat of nine tails. So, it was one cord of leather and then branch into nine. And then at the end, they would put like pieces of metal. So, when it would, when it when it would, when they would turn you, they, they, they whip you, And always, some of the nine pieces would catch flesh. So it's the whip that hurt, pull, tear. Do you know that blood was shed for you? Not just on the cross. Then, you all know about this part, the thorns. How many thorns did you ever think? Hmm. Five wounds. It wasn't just five wounds, right? How many wounds here? And then, after mocking him, oh, Christ, prophesy, prophesy. They were like cats playing with a little mouse trapped. Prophesy. They blindfolded him, and then, pow. You think one time? They slapped, they spit, beat him. So he bled from here and from here. So not five bleeding wounds. Only those were on Calvary. There were how many other wounds? I tell you, young people, when the brothers on Lord's Day morning, when they break the bread, that's what I think of. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. That's symbol. symbol. You were broken. You know, in a sense, don't do this, but all of us should go up and break the bread because we actually did. Do you understand what I'm saying? We were, that he did it for us. So actually, we were the ones. So every Lord's Day since I was 12, that's what the Lord's Table means to me. Yes, I know. Then he became the Spirit. Yes, I know. We're the body of Christ. But I tell you, those things are not what draws me. This is what draws me to the Lord. To renew my love for the Lord every Lord's Day. Every Lord's Day. It's fresh love for the Lord. I hope you could experience that. He bled. We were in South America... Last week, we shared with the young people this story. we told them, you know, it could be he, he bled here to cleanse us from all the evil thoughts we've ever had. To cleanse us from all the revengeful thoughts. Sometimes, you know, things just, we react like, oh, I hate that person. Lord's not happy with that kind of thought. But, but you know what? He bled to cleanse us from that thought. All the imaginations. Oh my, today, because of the internet and movies and television, things get in your head. You can't erase them. They're there. And, and a lot of them are damaging, defiling, and actually... Something in our, in our heart, in our, in our being, in our flesh is like drawn to. If you don't know that, you'll learn that. But he bled from here. He bled from here. He bled from here. Maybe, maybe to show that the things that we've handled, touched, stolen, struck at people, fought with people, He he cleansed those too. He bled from here. All the things that we've said behind people's back. Curses slip out. Maybe not you guys. Maybe all the young people in the Northwest are very pure. But every now and then, I don't know about you, when I was... I, actually, I never, never. I, that was never my problem. But don't think I didn't curse my dad in my heart. But he he shed blood for that too. And then our feet. He had blood. blood came from his feet. Do you ever think about if you didn't have feet, you'd sin less? Because you wouldn't be as able to go wherever you want but he bled he bled from all over for us and i tell you from 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 that night standing there that's in front of me always kept me loving the lord always kept me consecrating my heart to the lord and then i serving the lord and service you know think about serving the lord oh i'm 12 i can't be full time at the moment Actually, from that time, I started to take care of children and serving all the time, serving the younger, serving kids younger than me. But that was my motivating factor, that the Lord loved me and he was always with me, always with me. I have other things to tell you, but I'm thinking maybe we have till 12, right? I'm not going to talk till 12, don't worry. I want you guys to talk too. Maybe I'll tell you a couple other things. Yeah, a couple other things. Um, after that, after this experience, a year and a half later, a year and a half later, when I was 14, I was between 8th grade and 9th grade. 8th grade and 9th How many 8th graders we have here? Raise your hand if you're in 8th grade. Anybody? I see one. Hands up, up, up. Raise the hand. Oh, not that many. Hi. Hi. Ninth grade? Ninth grade? Ninth grade? Oh, you guys are in ninth grade. Oh, I thought you were like juniors. Yeah. What about you? What grade are you in? Samuel, right? And Biru? Benjamin. Phew, I got it. Still got it. (laughs) Ben, Ben, what grade are you in? Ben. Ben. Yeah, I was looking at Sam and calling him Ben. Sorry, he was confused. Seven, how about you? Sam, Sam, Sam. Your fifth, sixth, and seventh, and sitting in order. (laughs) Wow. Very good. Anyway, when I was, after eighth grade, I walked into my first church meeting. Uh, yeah, I better not spend too much time there. But to talk about this, this was wild. What I what I what I walked into. I went to this meeting. I went to this meeting. Where's Bardo? Where's Bardo and Nora? Bar- Ralph took me, drove me to my first meeting. Yeah, we, Ralph took me to my first meeting. Oh, I I know Brother Bardo for, and I know Nora. I know them for a long time. He came into the church. I saw him come into the church life in Irvine. Now we were in school together. and then, then he fell in love with the little lady next door. <coughs> that was later, that was later, that was later. So anyway, um, I went into this church meeting and oh, everybody's Amen! Oh, I wasn't used to meetings like that. Amen. And everybody, Amen, All oh, are Jesus, Amen. like everybody. <laughs> you know what the meetings are like. Amen. Oh, Lord Jesus, amen. Oh, I didn't like it. Jim, I did not like it. I was 14, judging everybody. This is not reverent. I thought this is not reverent. Because I was from the brethren. We met like this. And when we prayed, it was, Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for thy presence. And then you go da-da-da-da-da. in Jesus name we pray. Amen. And then everybody else would say Mah. just Mah. or or I don't know how they they it was it was a, a kind of a little thing they did. Yeah, like that, like that. <laughs> little And then, but now one person say, "Brothers and sisters!" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, what is going on?" And so that was my first meeting, that Friday, because my sister was in the Lord's Recovery, and and uh, um, David Bernier's up here right now in Seattle, Seattle every... Yeah, David Bernier. David wasn't born yet, and but David's family. And and his older brother, Daniel Bernier. Yeah, Daniel was two and a half. And they lived right next door to my sister. So then this other brother that Bardo and I know, Ralph, came over and we had like a meal together. And then he drove me to my meeting, to the Amen meeting. Okay. The next morning, next morning, 6 a.m. It was about 6 6, 6 a.m. 6.30, 6.30, 6.30. This is my summer vacation. When I went to Los Angeles... I went to visit my sister for a month. Okay. My motivation, I didn't know anything about Lord's Recovery, local church, Witness yes. Lee, Watchman Nee, nothing about anything. I just went to visit my sister because I wanted to go to Disneyland. No, not the beach. Disneyland. <laughs> Disneyland. It was my chance to go to Disneyland. And I did. She t- they, they, they took me. But the, these amen people. Okay. So it's my vacation. It's Saturday morning. My brother-in-law woke me up at six to go to the meeting hall to pray read with the gardening brothers. <laughs> so there's a group of ten or twelve brothers. And again, I was the, I was the little tag along kid. I was fourteen. And that's the first time I ever saw pray reading. You know, pray reading? You know, in the beginning, Amen was the word. Amen. <laughs> And some were, amen, and others, amen. And, and oh, I'm thinking, oh, what did my sister get involved with here? And I don't think I could do this. So, but, you know, I'm with these 12 older guys. you got to do it. So I'm like, amen, amen. So anyway, so it wasn't too bad. Then we went to have breakfast. When we came back from breakfast, so now it was about, 8.30 8.30 or 9. You know, we had breakfast at a diner, local diner. We came back. The meeting hall is full. But well, that was a surprise. The meeting, every, and not there wasn't a meeting. They were cleaning on Saturday morning. Everybody. Cleaning the toilets, bathrooms, you know. Was it vacuuming, arranging the chairs, dusting chairs? And then there were pockets, like praying for children, praying for the young people. and But it was full. And I can't express the joy that I... Like, everybody was so happy. And outside, it was our job, the gardening. So I would join the gardening brothers. And their brothers are trimming and this and that. and But everybody, nearly two by two. And as one's trimming, another one, like, they're having i guess fellowship and when i saw that i i i don't know, i didn't know the bible like a lot i didn't but when i saw that what came to my mind was the book of acts these people are like living the bible like what i read in acts like they're still in it i didn't know that anybody was still in acts so okay so that was my impression then Then that night, I went to my first young people's meeting Yeah, in Hall 2 in Los Angeles, in the Valley. First young people's meeting. We got there a little late. We got there five minutes late, 7.35. Parking lot's full. We walk into the hall. The only seats left are in the last row. 500 young people. That was the young people's meeting of the church in Los Angeles. 500 young people. And you could imagine, if Friday night was loud... You can imagine what this was. this was young people 's meeting, and so five hundred up in, we were up against the wall in metal chairs there, and so it was me my brother in law my sister, my mother, and uh, I guess my mom was in her uh, 50s by this time so so they started singing a hymn. Um, you know that? Yeah. Right, right, that's right. Jesus. Oh, what a name. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay, stop, stop. We don't have time. We don't have time. We don't have time. And so, then, you know our practice that after people stand up and, like, say parts of, you know, like they were trying to get you guys to do before. It didn't catch on too well. Yeah. So, but, you know, they were saying, oh, let's read. You know, they, they didn't have to do that. Just groups would stand up, read, groups stand up. And then, at the opposite end of the room, someone started like this. Someone started. Because it was on Jesus calling on the Lord. It was, it was he started, Jesus. Jesus. And then, like, it, you know, more people started all together in unison Jeez. Then they, st- then someone started. Jesus! 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 And you know what I thought of? I thought of the Garden, Madison Square Garden, in New York, where the Knicks play. In those days the Knicks were good. Yeah, in those days, they had just won a championship. Yeah, that second, they just won their second championship. Yeah, number two, and so that chant that chant of defense yeah. I believe started in the garden yeah. I believe so with the 69 team could have been could have been could have been yeah, yeah. because they're really good on defense yeah yeah, 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 yeah. you gotta admit you got to admit yeah 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 they were. they were they were and 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 so I remember I went to two games in that in that season. When they when they won the championship, and and we used to go defense, defense, and and ah, oh, Jesus, Jesus, and they were doing this Jesus, and it got fast Jesus, and then and then all of a sudden, you know how what happens every now and then, like everybody stood up and and just not in unison, Jesus, Jesus, you know everybody calling, including my sister. And my brother in law. And like the only two people not standing up in the whole room was my mother and me. And so we're sitting there and I'm sitting there like this. Oh, oh. and I look at her and she looks at me and she goes, Hmm and she stands up. She stands up. Jesus Like this. Like this. And so and so my mom my mom my mom did it, so I thought, All right. So then I stood up, Jesus, <laughs> and I touched my spirit. I touched my spirit because I had I was condemning them for the, a day, thinking, "Oh, I don't want these people calling like this." It's just, uh, and you know what happened? The Lord spoke to me. Remember Psalms. Remember Psalms? And I was like, well, that's that's right. That's what they're doing. It's is biblical. Then I was convinced, but this calling on the Lord, it's biblical. Whatever, however you want to do it, you just do that. And before, this all for me was every now and then. Now it was every day. And I really, it was like, it was like, I don't know if you could describe, it was like, The Lord was at my fingertips. Lord Jesus. Before it was only through the Bible. Now it was by calling. Oh, Lord. And he was there. That's how I learned. So for me, calling on the Lord is not just a church thing. That's what we do in the church. And I know, I know. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry we do this to you guys because we do I know I've observed I've observed let's call it you know if, like you're gonna start a meeting you wanna get in a conference or okay, okay young people the brothers bless their hearts they, they, they mean well they mean well okay young people let's call on the Lord how many times three times it's universal yeah it's always three times in Russia Australia Brazil Peru Everybody says the same thing three times. Always three times. Let's call it three times. And so, the poor young people. So, I mean, they get up, they, they, you know, because they do what, they're, what you're supposed to. So they stand up and everybody goes, oh, Lord, Jesus, you know, three times. And then the young people, amen. That's the serving brothers. Amen. That's it, brothers. Half the audience didn't touch their spirit. They just did what you said. Now, I'm not saying don't do that. Because maybe half the audience did touch their spirit, maybe. But I know what it's like, and you know, you're, you're oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord Jesus, oh Lord oh, Jesus, oh Jesus, And you're doing it from here, but it doesn't mean anything. So I would, so I would, so I would tell you. Don't do that. You don't need to do that. And serving saints. Please don't do that. If you're going to do that, say something. Say, Saints, let's take this chance to call the Lord's name. I hope as, as we call. Let's call. And you could do three times. Don't that's all right. Don't say, uh oh, we can't call three times anymore. Say, let's call the Lord's name three times, but let's call from our heart. Let's call from our heart. But we all close. How about we just, right now, we all close our eyes. Let's mix it up. Let's do it two times. Okay? Two times, two times. Let's call the Lord's name. But from our heart. heart let's call, let's call. Oh, oh Lord Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Oh. oh, Lord Jesus. Yeah. And I realize that even here, it doesn't mean everybody touched their spirit. Because your mind might be somewhere. You might be thinking, when is he gonna stop? I'm hungry. It could be all sorts of things. I understand that. But don't allow the church practices to just be church practices. That's what, that's my point. Be genuine. Just be who you are in front of the Lord. In front of the Lord. Be who you are. Last two things, real quick. Um, companions. I was really blessed. Because when I came into the Lord's recovery in the church in New York, there were 18 young people junior high, high school, 18. And my cousin and I, we came at the same time. And we just entered in. And because of the age gap between my siblings, I grew up uh, somewhat with the experience of an only child. So I always wanted siblings. And I felt like when I came into the church, God answered my prayer. Because I was one of the older ones among this group. We did a lot of things together. And, and there were the brothers, there were eight brothers and 12 sisters. We prayed for one another. Um, there was a certain time, I remember, wow, there was one family with four kids of the 20. And their father left. Their dad, one, brother, it was a big shock, he ran off. And that's this is this is my brothers now and my sisters, and they suffered. Just where that happened, another brother, his mom passed away, and then another brother among us, his, his older brother was gunned down in New York City. That happened to us. And in those days, I remember the uh you could imagine our young people's meetings were very low. the morale there was just sadness and then I remember the uh older brothers, our shepherds, they came to us they came to me and another brother they said we we don't know." We don't know how to go on with you all, because we don't know how to minister to everybody. Is is uh, is the cushions here? The cushions tonight? Is it a Sam and Christina? Okay, <laughs> yeah. Sam's mom and dad are my mom and dad in the Lord. Yeah, they're my shepherds, and there was Brother Don. Don They're in Indiana now. He came with another... Actually, he came with Dan Sadie. (laughs) Dan was my (laughs) serving one. I said, brothers, we don't know. So we're going to ask you to pray for us. I'm thinking, you're asking us to pray for you? We're the ones that are the mess. But they opened to us after one meeting. So I said to the brother, Richie, Richie, we got to get the brothers together and pray. So we got the eight brothers, high school brothers, and junior high, Saturday afternoon for an hour. Before the young, we, we used to have love feasting, young people's meeting. I said, let's pray. So we prayed. We prayed for each other. We prayed for the sisters. We prayed for the families, those three families. We prayed for the serving ones. And it just brought in. A revival to the whole young people and affected the whole church. Because we, we had that kind of companionship in the, in the midst of our suffering. The midst of our suffering. While this is going on, my cousin and I, I'll tell you about my cousin, Isabel. We lived very far from the saints, about an hour away. So, uh, we didn't have much church life. Only with like a weekend church life. Because we'd go and stay over with the saints. But we're all we had. So at least during the week, every Thursday, I would call her, she'd call me, we'd talk about how we were doing, we'd, 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 anyway, she became really my best friend. And my companion in the Lord. And, and, uh, then we prayed. We prayed. And so, I had her, my cousin, and then I had the brothers. And I had Don and Sophie, older, yeah. But not just Don and Sophie. Actually, I had, I had, three sets of parents. Plus one older brother. I could tell them anything. I could tell them anything. I could, I could, because I, I'm not, won't go, can't go into detail. But I messed up with something. I really messed up. And and I went to them and they didn't condemn me. They helped me out of that. I found out, wow, love in the church is nothing is like this. And the relationships with these till today they last. Till today. I hope you can be so blessed in the church. And that the church would really be your family. And that this book would be alive to you. And that all the practices we have would not be just practices. But maybe most of all, I hope that the Lord's love draws you every week. And I hope tomorrow, when we have in our churches, we call it sometimes the breaking of bread meeting. I hope you take a look at that when the brothers are doing that. And you remember how much the Lord loves you. And that that love would be renewed in you over and over and over all the time so that you could have a long time in the Lord's recovery. And the Lord eventually could use you to turn this age, come back. Yeah. Amen.